All right, Luke chapter number 23. Uh, we're going to read verse 39 down to verse number 43. Luke chapter 23. The Bible says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. That's the, the phrase that we want to focus on this evening uh, in this short little series that uh, I had, that the Lord had given me uh, many years ago, uh, Messages from the Cross. Uh, we saw that the cross tells us, has a message of, I love you. God saying, I love you. He loves the world, obviously. Uh, we also saw that the cross says that it is finished. Uh, the redemptive work is complete. There's nothing else that needs to be done on God's part. Uh, the only thing that needs to be done on our part is to believe. Uh, the work is finished. It is complete. And then we saw last week that the cross teaches us that you are, we are forgiven. Forgiven. Tonight, uh, we're going to look at the last message that uh, in this short series. Obviously, it's not the only, it's not just the four messages that come from the cross. The Lord Jesus himself made seven statements from the cross. But nonetheless, uh, in this particular series, the cross also says, at least to this thief, and it says to us that have trusted Christ as our Savior, you will be with me. You will be with me. Uh, let's have one last quick word of prayer, and then we'll get right into the message. Father in heaven, Lord, we're so grateful for this passage of Scripture. We thank you, Lord, for the truths and the principles that we can glean from it, uh, the encouragement that it gives to us. And Father, we, uh, we are so thankful for for you and for your love for us and the sacrifice that you have made to display that love to us. And Lord, as Pastor has already prayed, Lord, we all need the reminder. Uh, we all need the, uh, Lord, just to reminisce and to think back uh, on your love for us and, and how much you were willing to give and sacrifice on our behalf. Lord, please help us to never grow uh, old of, uh, never grow tired of uh, hearing about, talking about, reminiscing about your love for us and, and what you've done for us through, the, through your, your son's death on the cross. We pray, dear God, that you would minister to each and every heart tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So for any of you that have had the privilege of leading someone uh, to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for any of you that have had the wonderful privilege that it is to take the Bible and show someone how they can be saved, uh, it's tremendous. It's a uh, it's, it's, a, it's a high moment uh, for us as Christians. I know for me, whenever I've had that privilege to share the gospel with someone and they accept Christ as their Savior, uh, it, it, is, it is a tremendous high. Uh, it is exciting. Uh, it's a happy moment. It's a joyous occasion. And I've seen all sorts of different responses of people that have accepted Christ. I've seen people uh, cry, uh, tears. Uh, I've seen people maybe shed just one tear. I've seen people cry profusely. I've seen people uh, that that uh, had no response. You know, it was just matter of fact. Uh, they were, of course, happy that it happened, but uh, it was almost a deadpan expression, of course. And then there's others that uh, they're excited and they're happy and they're smiling and you know they're just tickled pink at uh, what has taken place. 
Uh, one of the things that kind of, and all of those are fine, obviously, and I'm sure there's other responses that you may have seen as well. One of the ones that really kind of uh, just doesn't sit very well with me, and you'll understand, you probably will agree, is when I'm able to share the gospel with someone and they accept Christ as their Savior, and then they introduce me to their friends or their family members, uh, and they'll say something like this. Hey, this is Pedro Morales. He's the man that saved me. <laughs> y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I cringe just at the uh, the thought of that. I cringe when people say that. And I know they don't mean any harm. I know that they don't mean kind of how it sounds. Uh, it sounds as if I'm their savior, as if I died on the cross for them. Uh, obviously, we know that's not the case. Uh, and I know that they don't mean it that way. And so it, it's, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't correct them per se. I try my best to be as tactful as, well, you know, I'm just the one that pointed you to the way. The Lord is the Savior, that kind of thing. Uh, it just it makes me uncomfortable. Listen, uh, you and I both know that without the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no mansion in heaven. Uh, there is no eternal life. Uh, there is no eternity uh, in, in bliss uh, with our Creator. Uh, that None of those things happen if it's only up to us. Uh, we're not the Savior. Uh, we're not the one that builds them a mansion. I can't guarantee anyone a home in heaven. Uh, the only thing that we can do as soul winners and as Christians is point them to the Lord, the one who can guarantee those things. And only the Lord can say to that individual, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Only the Lord can say that. You see, the Lord said that in John chapter number 14, when he said, uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that, isn't that a great promise? I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. You see, those are the, are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, none of us as human beings can make that promise to anyone. Uh, we can't tell anyone, well, I'm going to build you a mansion in heaven, and I'm going to make a way for you to get there, and I'm going to... No, 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 we can't do any of those things. Only the Lord himself can do that. And so we see that these messages, these interwoven messages from the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, God says, I love you. God says, it is finished. God says, you are forgiven. And God also says, you will be with me. Now, we see a contrast of two different men in this passage. Uh, we see, obviously, the Lord Jesus Christ being crucified here. But there's two other men, two thieves that were crucified alongside him. Uh, and one of them is receiving, believing the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other is rejecting. Uh, the other is almost condescending towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, I have three points. If you have your outlines, I hope you were able to receive the bulletin for tonight. Uh, let's get right into it. We see point number one. We see the rejection of the truth, the rejection of the truth. In John 14, a very famous passage, we just quoted a few verses from there. Uh, later on in verse number six, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the, the way, the truth, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No one can be in that place, in that heavenly place, in that uh, glorious place, uh, without the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way. He is the truth. But we see this one thief here 
rejecting this truth, rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, who is real truth. Look at verse 39 of Luke 23. Verse 39, the Bible says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, railed on him, saying, and that next word right there, he says, If, if thou be the Christ. I don't truly believe you are, but if you really are, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. We see this first thief that spoke, uh, he did not truly believe. He said, if. Uh, he was saying, basically, show me that you're truly the Christ. Show me that you're truly the Messiah. Show me. Do something miraculous. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say that this thief wanted the Lord Jesus if he truly was the Lord, to save him from that punishment, that consequence that he was currently facing. But what this thief did not realize is the Lord Jesus is the Messiah, he is the Savior, and he was doing a work to save him from a far greater punishment, to save him from a far greater consequence, and that greater consequence being separation from God in a place called the Lake of Fire. And so he's saying, if you're the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, then show me. Then show me. Uh, I, I, uh, how many of you know that, uh, okay, so I think this, this thief must have been from Missouri. You know, Missouri is the show me state, right? Uh, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. Uh, you know, the world, uh, there are people out there that will say, well, God, you show me, and then I'll believe. We understand that God says, no, it's the other way around. He says, you believe in me, and then I'll show you. And then I'll show you. And so we got to make sure we understand uh, this, is, this is a faith thing. Uh, this is a uh, stepping out by faith. This is not, well, God says, I'm going to prove it. Listen, God's done all he needs to do to show his love for us. God's given, he's spared no expense. Uh, God has done all that we need in order for us to submit to him and accept his truth. You know, there are many uh, uh, college professors uh, out there that are ar- arrogant, uh, that are, are, are uh, contrary to the Lord Jesus. There are many people in our world, uh, in the news media, uh, that have a bias against uh, religion, against the Lord Jesus Christ, against the truth uh, from the Scriptures. Too many people want to take the faith out of Christianity. Uh, they want to see something in order to believe on the Lord. The world today, they doubt that Jesus Christ is the Savior. Uh, they're saying, if you are who you say you are, uh, then show me something. Show me some miracle. Show me some sign. Show me something uh, outstanding, outrageous, and, and, and bombastic. And, and then I will believe. I venture to say I don't believe that that's truly what they really mean. I think that when people are saying that thing, that, that show me, show me, show me, uh, what they're really saying, what they really mean is, hey, uh, show me by taking away my sickness. Then I'll believe. Uh, show me by uh, taking away the problems in my life. Then I'll believe. Uh, Show me by taking away my debt. Then I'll believe. Show me uh, by making my life, stay with me now, by making my life perfect. Then I'll truly believe you are God. And you see, that's the problem. The problem is that uh, we want to go to God on our terms. We don't go to God on our terms. Uh, we don't we don't get salvation on our terms. Uh, we don't get to determine uh, how this thing plays out. God is the creator. We are the creation. Uh, we follow his rules. He doesn't follow ours. Everybody with me? 
And so we see that they want a religion that makes them feel good. Very interesting. We have a lot of that happening in our world today. People all uh, all around our world, they want to feel good. Uh, they want to feel uh, uh, nice and, and ooey-gooey on the inside. And, and they want everything to just be just uh, a bed of roses and smooth sailing all, all, all along. And they want no problems. And they want a, a God or a false God that will give them good feelings. According to the Chicago Tribune, some astonishing news came forth in the aftermath of the tragic auto accident that killed Princess Diana in 1997. The chauffeur of the car had three times the legal limit of alcohol in his bloodstream. Uh, Furthermore, police estimated that the car had been going as fast as 120 miles per hour when the crash occurred in that Paris tunnel. Clearly, the wrong man was behind the wheel of the princess's car, uh, but that is not unusual for celebrities, reported one security expert. Uh, Jerry Hoffman, who was president of a Cincinnati-based company that builds armored cars and trains drivers, he said this, and I quote, he says, My experience is that a person will spend $150,000 to $200,000 on a limo and then spend almost no money, uh, almost no money on training the person driving it. You see, the driver is hired based on how friendly he is. How nice is he? How, how, uh, how does he, you know, treat me? And, and how does he make me feel important? And how nice does, is he to me? And, uh, and so no doubt after Diana's death, many celebrities began to pay much more attention to whether their chauffeur could get them to their destination safely. Uh, or whether he could carry on a charming conversation, that didn't matter quite as much anymore as, can this guy drive? Is he responsible? Uh, is he is he going to get me there safely? And so the same wisdom we need to apply when we choose our religious beliefs that steer our lives. You see, the issue is not whether our faith makes us feel good. The question is whether our faith is trustworthy and thus able to bring us to the desired destination of heaven. Is it true? Is it right? Not simply does it make me feel good. It's going to make us feel good when we get to heaven and we're there for all of eternity uh, and we're not in the other place. Uh, That's going to make us feel really, really good. But right now, we don't need to be concerned about what makes us feel good. We need to be concerned about what is truth and what is right. We see the rejection of truth. This thief, this first thief said, well, if you are, show me. Show me. Show me, then I'll believe. We have a lot of people in our world with that same mentality, with that same attitude. Let's look at point number two. Point number two, we see the repentance of the thief. Uh, We see the rejection of the truth. Then we see the repentance of the thief. Luke chapter number 23, look at verse number four. Luke chapter 23, verse number 40, rather. I'm sorry, verse number 40. The Bible says, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Uh, We see the first thief not believing, saying, show me, show me, and I'll believe. I'm not going to believe if you, yo, are you really who you say you are? This second thief is saying, Lord, I believe. You are the Lord. 
You are the Savior. Will you please remember me when you come into your kingdom? You see, this second thief has a totally different view. He realized that he needed the Lord. Uh, he repented. He had a repentant heart. Uh, he realized, hey, uh, we're, we're being punished because we deserve to be punished. He doesn't deserve to be punished. He's the Lord. He's sinless. Uh, he is without fault. Uh, and so we are truly uh, getting what we deserve. He's not. And so he's admitting that he's a sinner. He's admitting that he's done wrong. He's admitting that he needs a Savior. He has a repentant heart. Uh, letter A under point number two, a repentant heart has a fear of God, has a fear of God. How many of you remember years ago when people used to drive around with those bumper stickers or stickers on, the, on their back window that said, no fear? How many of you remember that? You remember that? No fear. And I remember seeing that. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's got some fears. OK, uh, I'll, I'll disclose some of my fears. OK, um, I wouldn't say necessarily it's a fear or maybe I'm just terrified. I don't like snakes, okay? I will I will run from them. I will stay away from them. Uh, they could be small. I don't care. Um, in my opinion, the only good snake is a dead snake, okay? So <laughs> I don't like them. Uh, I remember one time uh, in, in one of our homes that we uh, had purchased back in Baltimore. It was a townhouse, and uh, there was a snake. We had a, a back porch, and there was a black snake. They say those are... Are, are, you know, they're not venomous, they're not poisonous, they're, they're harmless. I say, I don't care. It's a snake. And so, uh, the thing was wrapped around, on the back porch, it was wrapped around one of the, uh, uh the uprights on the, on the, on the, the rail there. And of course, the family comes and gets me. And I think, oh, Lord, it's a snake. You know what I did? I went and got a hose. <laughs> And I squirted. I'm squirt. I'm staying as far away from that snake as I can. And I'm squirting the snake. I'm squirting the snake. Uh, I don't like snakes. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would say probably I'm afraid of snakes. Everyone has fears. Listen, whatever your fear is, uh, make sure that you have the fear of God in your life. A respect and a reverence for Almighty God. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Proverbs 29, 25. Let's make sure we place our fear, our respect, our reverence in God Almighty. Look at verse 20, uh, verse 40 of Luke 23. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Hey, man, dost not thou fear God? Don't you have any semblance of respect? Don't you have any semblance of fear in your heart for God Almighty? I mean, yes, we're thieves, and yes, we're criminals, and yes, we've done illegal things, but ultimately... Listen, uh, when, we, when, it, when the, the rubber meets the road, when, when all the chips are down, we have to come to the realization that there is a God in heaven, that we are his creation, and that we will have to give an account of our lives to him. The, he's looking at the other thief and saying, man, don't you have any fear of God? You see, the repentant heart fears God. The rebellious heart doesn't respect God, doesn't fear God. The repentant heart realizes they need the mercy and grace of God. But the rebellious heart is like the criminal who's in jail and he's always saying, I was framed. Uh, it wasn't me. I, and I know that some people are falsely accused and falsely tried and falsely convicted. I get all that. 
but it's not as many as, as are actually uh, criminals and breaking the law and doing bad things. And so a lot of them will say, well, you know, I was framed and, and I'm innocent. and I don't deserve to go through what I'm going through. And they feel as they shouldn't be suffering what they're suffering. And most of the time, those kinds of people, rebellious heart, not a repentant heart, uh, th- those people will get out of jail sometimes and they'll go out and do the exact same things they did prior to going to jail in the first place. They're a rebellious heart, not a repentant heart. And so they don't see their need to change in their lives. The thief looks at the, the second thief looks at the first thief and says, don't you realize that you need to change? And he apparently does not. We see letter A, a repentant heart has a fear of God. Letter B, a repentant heart has faith in God, has faith in God. Look at verse 42 of Luke 23, verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What he's saying is, he says, I know that I've wasted my, my time on earth. I, I know that I've done wrong. I know, I know that I've, I've wasted the opportunities that I've had. Uh, but Lord, I'm believing. Lord, I'm repenting. Uh, Lord, I'm admitting that I need you. Lord, please remember me. Include me. Uh, Lord, please save me. He's placing his faith in the Lord. A repentant heart expresses faith. The second thief gave a great expression of faith when he said, Lord, remember me. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible puts it this way. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Uh, Again, make sure we stay repentance of dead works Faith towards God, repentance of dead works, hey, shove them aside, get rid of them, uh, repent of them, and put your faith in God. Replace your dead works with faith in God. And this next one, letter C, I think is the most important one. A repentant heart has a fear of God, number one. A repentant heart has faith in God, letter B. And a repentant heart, letter C, uh, harvests fruit for God. Harvests fruit for God. Uh, Look at this second thief on his deathbed, so to speak, in his last dying moments, witnessing for the Lord. Look at it. Verse 41. Luke 23, verse 41. He says to the, the, the the first thief, he says, And we indeed justly, we deserve what we're receiving. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. Look at what he says here. But this man. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He's done nothing that deserves this. He hath done nothing uh, to be in this position. Listen, we see this dying man. We see this dying man testifying, witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Most of you that are watching tonight, I'm sure, if you've been to church any length of time and you've seen uh, uh, elderly saint that has been saved for decades. You've seen them go through the, the dying process, the, the process of, of leaving this earth. Uh, I've seen uh, dying saints uh, in that situation who have been a tremendous testimony for the Lord on their deathbed. Uh, I've seen people uh, in, 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 in hospital beds who were in the hospital for weeks or months at a time and, and, and nurses and, and doctors. I mean, they heard the gospel. They were given tracts. Uh, they were prayed with and prayed for. Uh, I mean, these people are dying. These people are hurting. These people are, are, are their bodies are, are, are just shriveling up. And yet, in their time of death, they're witnessing. 
And it doesn't have to be just in death. I've seen people uh, who are in the hospital for a surgery or in the hospital for uh, some other sickness, and, and they've testified and they've witnessed and they've been a testimony for the Lord during their time in the hospital. Or maybe it's someone at home in hospice care. Or maybe it's someone in a, in a rehab center or in a, in, a, in a nursing home. And they're testifying and they're witnessing. Man, it blows my mind to see that. But it also convicts me. Here they are. They're dying or they're very sick or uh, they're in a lot of pain. And yet they're testifying for the Lord. And yet I make excuses for not testifying for the Lord. When I'm perfect, not perfectly healthy, but healthy enough. When I'm not in the hospital, when I'm not in any physical pain, when I'm not in, in my bed of affliction, uh, when, when I have a, a decent enough health to get up every day and, and, and work every day, and, and I'm healthy enough to, to walk the streets and, and knock on doors and make phone calls and, and hand out tracts, I'm healthy enough to do all of that, and yet I make excuses. Oh, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And here's this dying man testifying, truly, truly testifying and witnessing for the Lord. I venture to say, White Oak Baptist Church family, and, and I'm not attacking when I say this, I venture to say that we, and I say we on purpose, including myself, uh, we are too busy spreading gossip and not spreading the gospel. We're too busy trying to get the juicy information, passing it along. Uh, we're too, and, and I say we on purpose because, man, uh, we find that next tidbit of information and, and we get on the social media and we get on Facebook and we get on whatever and, man, we're passing it along and we're texting. And did you hear? And did you find? Uh-huh, did you hear about this? And, and listen, we're passionate about distributing the gossip. But are we passionate about distributing the gospel? We're passionate about telling other people's business, but are we passionate about the Father's business? We're passionate about, man, did you hear? And man, can you believe? I can't believe so-and-so. And and, and man, we we, we clothe them, we cloak them as prayer requests. Oh, please pray for so-and-so because they... And we're passing out the gossip, but are we passing out the gospel? Let's make sure we're like this dying thief who said, this man hath done nothing amiss. Uh, We're here because we deserve to be here. He's not. He's the Savior. He's the Lord. You need to trust in him. We see the rejection of the truth, number one. We see the repentance of the thief, number two. And then lastly, number three, we see the redemption of the Savior. The redemption of the Savior. And here's here's the theme of the message. The theme of the message. You will be with me. Look at it, verse number uh, 43 of Luke 23. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Uh, We know that the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross uh, completed the transaction of redemption. Uh, He did all that was necessary to satisfy the wrath of God. Uh, We know that uh, he paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Uh, And this second thief, he understood that. He repented of his sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross guarantees you and it guarantees me and it guarantees anyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ a home in heaven. Oh, wow. May that never bore us. I remember the day I trusted Christ as my Savior. 
November 28, 1993. As an 18-year-old, know-nothing. My stepdad, Tim Shepard, uh, God rest his soul, he's with the Lord today. He went to heaven uh, just several months back, and uh, uh, late last year. But he took the Bible, and he showed a young Pedro Morales and a young Trina Morales. We weren't even married at the time. Trina Ginto. And he shared the gospel with us. And he showed us verse after verse after verse from Scripture how God loved. How God loved us. How God sent his son to die for us. Uh, how God wanted to uh, redeem us. How God wants to, uh, us to spend eternity in heaven with him. How God cared for us and we could be forgiven. And I thought, me? God loves me? God cared that much about me? Oh, man, I think back on that day. Oh, man, I think back on that experience. And it never grows stale. It never grows old. I thank God for reserving a place in heaven for me. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, uh, and that fadeth not away, this inheritance is it's uncor- it's incorruptible. It says fadeth not away, it's undefiled. He says this inheritance is reserved in heaven for you. I don't know about you, but before I was 18 years old, before November 28, 1993, I, the only reservation I had was to spend eternity in the lake of fire. That's the only reservation, and I didn't even know I had it. And I'm glad that now I have a reservation in heaven. Praise God, we have reservations in heaven. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. It fadeth not away. You see, God wants to tell you, you're going to be with me. Oh, you're going through some tough times, yes. Oh, yes, this pandemic is is annoying, yes. Oh, yes, all kinds of negative things happen in your life. Absolutely. You may have health issues. You may have relational struggles. You may have children that are wayward. You may have marital problems. You may have all kinds of in-law issues. I don't know what you got going in your life, but all of us got some kind of problems. And listen, heaven grows sweeter each and every day. I think about it more and more. Now that I have more people in heaven that are my, my, my relatives or friends, I, I think about friends who have, who have recently uh, gone on to heaven. I'm talking about people around my age, uh, just dying at a young age. And I say, man, I'm going to see them again. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome, that reunion. We look forward to this coming Sunday when White Oak Baptist Church uh, reunites, reassembles here uh, at 5344 Main Street in Stratford. But let me tell you something, that uh, reunion is going to be wonderful, but that reunion in heaven is going to be tremendous. It's going to be tremendous. And listen, the cross of Calvary says to us, you'll be with me someday. It's going to be okay. I I got you. A man named Freddie had a dream. He had a dream that he was in heaven with the Lord. And he and God were at a baseball field watching a game. The Lord's team was playing Satan's team. Obviously, it's not real. It's a a dream that this man had. But nonetheless, stay with me. There's a point to this. Uh, The Lord's team was at bat, and the score was tied 0-0. to And it was the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. They continued to watch as the batter stepped up to the plate. This particular batter was named Love. Love swung at the first pitch, and he hit a single. 
because charity never faileth. The next batter was named faith. Uh, faith also got a single because faith works with charity or with love. The next batter was named godly wisdom. Satan wound up and he threw the first pitch and godly wisdom looked it over and let it pass. Ball one. Three more pitches and godly wisdom walked because he never swings at what Satan throws. The bases were now loaded. Love had gotten a single. Faith had gotten a single. Godly wisdom uh, had walked. And uh, the Lord then turned to Freddy uh, and he told him that he was now going to bring in his star player. Up to the plate stepped the next batter. The name of this batter was Grace. Freddie said to the Lord in this dream, he said, well, he sure doesn't look like much. Satan's whole team, they relaxed. They, they said, oh, we got this. Uh, they saw Grace and they thought that, oh, we're going to win this game. Uh, we're going to get this guy out. And Satan wound up and he fired his first pitch. And to the shock of every, everyone, Grace hit the ball harder than anyone had ever seen. But Satan wasn't worried. He knew that his center fielder uh, let very few balls get by him. And so he went up for the ball. The center fielder did. And uh, it went right through his glove and hit him on the head and sent him crashing to the ground. And the roaring crowd went wild as the ball continued over the fence. Grace hit a grand slam. The Lord's team won this scenario in this dream. The Lord then asked Freddie if he knew why love and faith and godly wisdom could get on base but couldn't win the game. Freddie said, well, I don't know, Lord. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, maybe it's because that's the lineup you had. The Lord explained. He says, if your love, your faith, and your wisdom had won the game, you would think you had done it by yourself. But love, faith, and wisdom will get you on base, but only my grace will get you home. Only my grace will get you home. Hey, Christian, tonight God is saying to you through this thief, he's saying don't forget how important it is to have your faith and your fear in God. And don't forget that once you've done that, he says, you will be with me. You will be with me. If you're watching tonight and you're not saved, if you're watching this this uh, live stream, maybe a different night, uh, and, and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, listen to what this thief says on the cross. He says, this man hath done nothing amiss. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He's pointing to the Lord. He's pointing you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying he is the Savior. He is the Messiah. He's the one you need to put your faith and trust in. How about it? What are you waiting for? God has done all that is necessary for you to be with him in heaven. All you have to do is believe. Don't be like that first thief that said, show me, show me, and I'll believe. No, no, no. God says to us, believe me, and then I'll show you. How about it tonight? Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. And Lord, we're so thankful for your goodness and your grace in our lives. Father, thank you again for demonstrating uh, for uh, disclosing and for showing us your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, we are undeserving sinners. Uh, we are uh, people who do not merit, Lord, your grace and that mercy that you bestow upon us. But, Lord, we are thankful for it. And thank you for the reminder tonight. And thank you, Lord, for uh, once again reserving that, uh, making that reservation for us in heaven.
Lord, thank you for building us and, and making a mansion for us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that hope. We pray, dear Father, that you would help us to live out our days uh, with that hope as, as the motivation, with that, that future, Lord, to, to look to, to keep us going forward uh, through the dark times, through the hard times, through the difficulties, Lord. And please help us to never forget how good you are to us. We do love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.